How might we teachers not let our strengths become our weaknesses? Today on the show, it's a What's On My Mind solo episode. I'm your host, Celeste Kirsch, and we are teaching tomorrow. The last couple of weeks at school have had me thinking a little bit differently about some things I just do unconsciously as a professional and as a human and just wanted to process some of those. Uh, we'll be back with a regular episode next week. So if solo episodes aren't really your thing, we'll be back with a more normal interview show next week. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking about my ability to adapt to almost any situation. I'm going to call these my bad couch skills. Uh, it came from buying a really terrible couch with my wife and me thinking that it was just fine and it was good enough. And it really took my wife uh, just continually telling me how bad the couch was before I relented and bought a much more comfortable couch that turns out is exactly the right couch for us. Um, This shows up in other parts of my life, Um, you know, my resistance to buying a new car and then, you know, having two cars now because we don't know what the pandemic will bring in terms of getting to and from work. But then when I go back and drive the older car, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so old. It's so slow. It is so clunky. But I I wouldn't have thought that I needed a new car if it weren't for my father-in-law pushing me and saying, you need a new car. This old one is not great. So thinking about how that skill of being able to adapt to difficult situations is actually also one of my greatest weaknesses. Because while it's really great that I can, you know, work through challenging situations, this is the part of me that was able to run marathons, that had two really good birth experiences with my sons, that ability to adapt to difficult situations does not serve me sometimes. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what has happened with learning conferences at my school as a really good example of this. Uh, So I came back to school in December after having my son in April. And I had three weeks of in-person time while, uh, you know, leading up to the December break. And during that time, most of the other people on my team were writing report cards. So there was this like energy and flurry that I wasn't really involved with. And then as that was closing up, we were getting ready to break for the holidays. And one of my colleagues was saying, I think we really need to revisit the next reporting deadline, which was apparently coming up near the end of February. And her position was, this is way too soon. Like, this is a really quick turnaround to the next set of report cards. This is a lot in a really difficult year of teaching. We need to talk about this. And honestly... My first thought was, it, it's not that bad. Like, it can't really be that bad. Mostly because I hadn't been in the whole fall term with all my colleagues. That's where that position was coming from. But also because part of me was just thinking, every year we have a quick turnaround. And, you know, we just get through it. And I don't know, it's probably going to be fine. Like, every year, nobody wants to write report cards. So there was definitely a little bit of, it's not that bad. Bad couch thinking. And then we came back to going 
to school in January with virtual school. And we were there for five weeks. And right away, more colleagues joined in to this sentiment of we need to revisit this second reporting timeline. I definitely did not have the same perspective coming in from having a mat leave. But in my head, I'm like, Meh, I could probably do the report cards. Eh, you know, they're not going to be my best work, but I, I could say something about the learning of the students. Eh, it's not ideal, but whatever. Honestly, if nobody was pushing back about the report cards, I probably just would have gone along with it. And then our leaders at our school listened. They listened to people saying, this is not working. This is not working for us. This is one of the things about working in an independent school that I'm really grateful for this time. You know, teachers are not having a great year and we're really fortunate and privileged that teachers are listened to in our school. You know, not always, not for all issues. I I get that. People listening to this probably have a long list of things that senior leaders are not listening to always, but I have felt that. I have felt like when major concerns are coming up, there is the ability to pivot and move because we're only addressing our school rather than trying to advocate for your needs for a large school board. So this is a real privilege that I have. And amazingly, the senior leadership team listened. They heard these voices, they heard these complaints, and then they offered a proposal of putting the second report card deadline at a later date and instead having learning conferences when the second report card would be happening. And I was like, okay, cool. That sounds easier. I'm great with that. No big deal. It sounds good. It's almost like the equivalent of you've got this bad couch. Okay, well, I'm going to give you some better cushions around the couch. And thank God that there were people that said, no, I, that's not okay. Like in, in a meeting, several voices said, yeah, I, I don't think that's the right solution. And many voices shared their feelings about this is not working. I don't think this is a good plan. And it turned out that the second report card was able to get taken off of our timeline. So instead of the second report card, we shifted and had learning conferences. And praise be that this actually happened. You know, learning conferences are not easy. It's not as if it's a walk in the park either, but so much better than the hours and hours and hours it takes to write and edit report cards. I am so grateful for the leadership at my school that actually heard these complaints for teachers. And I, I never would have thought that it was a possibility to advocate for that. You know, there are teachers on my team that just get how to use their voice for collective good. And that's not something that I have in my tool set. My tool set is being able to go through hard things. And sometimes that actually is one of my weaknesses as well. I don't realize that there's a better way, that there is another option, that you can ask for what you need, you can lovingly resist, and good things can come from that. I am so beyond grateful for these teachers. And, you know, I know one of them may be listening to this right now. So thank you. Because it was so much better to do learning conferences than it would have been to write report cards. And I get that not all 
people listening to this have that privilege of being able to advocate for what your team needs and advocate for what your system actually could be. And I don't think that it's about report cards for me. I think that it's actually a bit of a wake-up call for me to realize that I don't have to endure a system that's not good. I actually probably could make my living, my learning, my work situation better if I just thought about what I needed and asked for it. When unchecked, our strengths can become a problem. Or like Ani DeFranco says, every tool is a weapon if you hold it right. And sometimes those tools we actually use as weapons on ourselves. I was also thinking a lot about how learning conferences are so a metaphor for where my practice as a teacher is at right now. Obviously, leading into learning conferences, I assume I'm not alone on this. I'm always dreading them. I always dread them. I'm always just like, ugh, they're so long. It's so exhausting. It's so, um, just so much energy getting put into them. I never feel like I'm prepared enough. I always want to put more notes together or just review two more things before I feel like I can step into them. And then when I actually go through them, they were amazing. I think this year they were even more amazing. If I can actually remember this for other really hard things, I think that I'm going to be a lot better in my life. If I can lean into the things that I dread, just full, wholeheartedly, full on accept them and embrace them, I think that I can find my greatest sources of strength there too. Because they're not going away. And if I can embrace it, I think that actually there is great liberation in those things too. So I obviously prepared something for the learning conferences. I had a few notes and things that I wanted to say, but I really tried to use the learning conferences as a moment of connection with my students. For the majority of my students, it was the child and the parent or parents. And I just started by having a conversation with the child about what's working well for them. And obviously I think a lot of teachers kind of use that as a structure nothing earth shattering, but it was wonderful. Like it was a wonderful moment to hear what they're enjoying about class. I had so many positive things to share about each of the students this year. I I somehow have like this supercharged class of amazing young people. So it was really honestly just a long list of things that I adore about the child. And then listening, the parents listening to this were obviously just so happy. All parents just want to know that their kid is seen and valued and that they are bringing something of worth to a class. And I I think that in those moments, the parents were thrilled to see that their child was seen. It was a lovely day and a half. I also was really strategic coming in partially through the year because I didn't have the same time to make connections. And in this COVID version of school, we don't have, you know, learning 
moments where parents are popping in or these kinds of drop-offs or hangouts in the hallway. So I really wanted to try to have a moment of connection with each of the families before the conferences, before report cards. So I tried to send each of my students' parents a celebratory email between December and February. I'm lucky this year I only teach, you know, 45 some odd students. So it was easier to do that than years where I'm teaching 90-ish students. But it allowed me to have just this moment where the parent can connect with me. It's an opening if the parent has any concerns or wonderings or questions about the program. Um, And I think that all parents deserve to get a good news email rather than this is going wrong. Like it's actually really important that parents see, oh yeah, my child is doing well. That for me is a really important step as a teacher. So by the time we got to the learning conferences, we had already had at least one email back and forth with each other. And it was a way to, you know, further that relationship. It wasn't the first time that we had been talking to each other. And while that whole learning conference day, which I'm so glad was a learning conference and not report cards, uh, while it was a very draining day and I was going cross-eyed by the end, it kind of felt like a festival of gratitude. It felt like a moment to honor the success of students and reflect on strengths. And I think that honestly, it was way more efficient than writing it down and being forced to pin a grade, a level onto what they've been doing so far. Because ultimately, I mean, our school uses levels, one, two, three, four. And ultimately the levels are just, she's meeting the expectation, they're not meeting the expectation, they're going above and beyond the expectation. And you can communicate that so clearly, so much more clearly and effectively through a 10 minute conversation that I think actually lands in a way that people can actually hear it. Whereas I wonder if there's a mark attached to it. I don't know how many people would actually read the comment or look at the learning skill levels if they just see the number. I think that there's a greater chance that people will hear the feedback, the suggestions, the next steps. If it's in a conversation, you can gauge what you need to say and how you need to say it depending on where that family is at that time. So this is all to say that my bad couch skills really did not serve me and I I need to step up how I advocate for myself and for the fellow people on teams that I'm on and I, I'm really in awe of the people who just do that naturally. It's a skill, it's a talent, it is you know, something that I I hope every team in schools has one or two of those people that are willing to share their voice and speak up for when they think there is a better option, when they think that there is a different way. And I need to lean into the things that I resist uh, because I think that the greatest sources of my healing and liberation and freedom are found when I just lean in to what I find potentially hard. Thanks for listening. I am really excited for the next couple of weeks. We've got some really cool conversations coming down the pipeline that I'm really excited to get to share with you. And 
just really happy to be on this journey with you. That's all for now. And remember, we are teaching tomorrow.